Hey, CF family, thank you for joining us today. We really hope that this message encourages you and blesses your life. Well, before you hear this powerful teaching, I want to encourage you to share this message with someone who needs to hear the gospel. You never know what this message can do to the life of that person. Also, we want you to know that wherever you're watching us from, you can still impact the lives of others through your giving. It is through your generosity that we can keep pushing the kingdom of God forward in our city and all over the world. Giving is safe and simple. You can go to our app or you can go to our website, cfmiami.org give. Well, God bless you and I hope you enjoy this message. Hey, Christ Felder Ferry, come on, let's give it up to the Lord. Hey man, isn't it? I love that our amazing worship team sang that song because in that song, there is a phrase that goes, hope has a name. And whose name is that? Jesus Christ. Come on, let's give another shout of praise to our God. And I'm glad we sang that song because that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today, the hope that we have in our Lord. And so welcome everyone. My name is Omar, and I have the honor and the privilege of serving as a lead pastor here at CF. And today, on this weekend, we are starting a brand new series called Advent at CF at Christ Fellowship. Uh, and you may not know this, but Advent in the, comes from the Latin word Adventus, which means coming. And so during this season, what we're really doing as a people of God is that we are beginning to prepare our hearts to not only remember, but to celebrate the first Advent of our Lord, which we celebrate on Christmas, but also, also the second Advent, the, the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're going to be covering a lot of different topics in this four-week series like the love of Christ, uh, the peace of Christ, the joy of Christ, and today we're going to be talking about the hope that we have in Jesus. And so I'm ready and excited to dive into God's Word. I hope you are too. And so wherever you find yourself, open up your Bibles to Titus chapter 2 and also Hebrews chapter 6, all right? And you can follow along with me as I read. Let's do what God's Word says. For we, the people of God, listen, we are waiting for our blessed what? Blessed what? Hope. The appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then listen to what God's Word says about this hope that we have. It says in Hebrews 6, we have this as a sure and steadfast, what's the next word? Anchor. What's the next word? Anchor. anchor. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope. That is God's word. You can go and take a seat, everybody, at all campuses. Again, it's great to have you here. And uh, let me start off by sharing this with you. You know, a few weeks ago, I shared with you that one of my fondest memories growing up back in Puerto Rico was going to the marina with my grandfather. In fact, I show you a picture which you can see right here, and which by the way, that's my favorite picture with my grandpa I have. I treasure that picture. It kind of brings so many memories of him. He was like a father to me. And one of the, the things that I really treasure the most from that time was going out on his boat out to the sea. 
And folks, I remember just as a little boy just jumping on his boat, and we would just head out of that bay into the open waters. And uh, we always used to go to a small little island off the coast of Puerto Rico and just have a great time out there at sea. Now, church, when I was real little, listen, I would just sit back on the back of the boat, and I would just look around and enjoy. But when I got older, my grandpa gave me a big big responsibility. And that responsibility was to cast the anchor into the water. Yeah. And so as I was just sitting there, as we were heading out, I was just so eagerly waiting. I was preparing my heart, right, for that moment where I could just cast that anchor. And so as we got close to that little island, I would just grab the anchor and I would go to the front of the boat. Now, church, if it was left to, my own, to myself, to my own wisdom, to my own logic, listen, I would have thrown that anchor anywhere in that water. Why? Because to me, it all looks the same. It doesn't matter where you cast that anchor. It's all the same. But my grandfather, listen, he knew better. Because he knew there was a right and a wrong ground to cast that anchor. And if I cast that anchor on ground that was unstable, not the proper ground, listen, that anchor would not take hold, and eventually we would just drift away. And so when I was in the front of the boat, I had to wait on the word and the guidance of my grandfather as to when to cast that anchor. And so when he would say the word now, or in the Spanish, right, because we're in Puerto Rico, ahora, the moment that he would tell me ahora, now, I would cast that anchor. And folks, don't miss this. Because every single time that I cast that anchor with the guidance of my grandfather, at the word of my grandfather, every single time, listen, that anchor would take hold. And folks, our boat was now secured Our boat was now stable, and we could enjoy the day at sea for all of its worth. And church, let me just bring all that imagery over to our time today, because what an image of the importance that we follow the word of our heavenly Father. And and by that I mean that just like I had to listen, right, to the word, to the guidance of my grandfather on where to put the anchor of our boat just like that. And here's the main idea as we open God's holy word. Listen, your heavenly father wants to ensure that you cast the anchor, not of your boat, but the anchor of your soul, the anchor of your life on good, steady ground. Amen? Amen. So that you, listen, so that you could have stability in life, so that you could have security, so that you can finally have the joy that God envisions for you. And who knows, maybe you're out there right now watching us online, you're thinking, oh my man, I'm tracking with you. Because I've seen in my life how sometimes I've, I've thrown the, the anchor of my soul, the anchor of my life on a person, on a situation, on something going on. And inevitably, listen, those things have let me down. And in my life, I don't think I have stability. I don't think I have security. And I, I feel like I don't have any joy. 
So Omar, what is the anchor? You know, where, where are we supposed to throw the anchor of our soul, of our life? And what is the anchor of our soul? What is that? Well, we're going to find out from Hebrews chapter 6, all right? So if you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 6. And if you have your Christ Fellowship apps, open them up right now, fire them. You can track along with us there, fill in the blanks, write in really, really all of your notes. And today, listen, I have three thoughts for us on what is the anchor of your soul. Are you all ready? Yeah. Are you all ready? Yeah. All right, write this down as point number one. Hope, hope is the anchor of your soul. Now, let's go to the passage for today and listen to what it says. It says, we, the people of God, right, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a what? Hope. A hope. The folks, circle the phrase, the anchor of the soul. Because what God's word is telling us here is that our soul, the deepest part of who you are, of who I am, listen, it has an anchor. Now, everyone lean into what God's word is saying because God knew that our souls would be unsteady. Now think about this carefully. Only things that are unsteady need an anchor. A boat out at sea needs an anchor with all the waves. A tent that's set up on a windy day needs anchor around it. Why? Because of the wind, of the instability. And so the imagery that God is showing us is that the human soul, the inner core of who we are, is unsteady. In fact, in 2 Peter chapter 2, Peter warns us of unsteady souls being lured away from Christ. Unsteady souls. And church, I don't have to preach this too much to you. Because you know the fact that our souls can be very unsteady at times. And sometimes we can be carried to and fro by circumstances and emotions. But here's what I love. God has given us an anchor to secure our soul, and he, lives, he leaves no ambiguity as to what that anchor is. In fact, look at the text. It says, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a what? A hope. Now, family, there is a difference between the hope of the world and the hope that God provides. In fact, write this down as letter A. Secular hope is, a, is simply a desire of something good to take place in the future. So think about it. For so many people today, they use the term to describe something that they desire to take place. So for example, they'll say, man, I hope I get that job. Or I hope I don't lose my job. Or I hope I get that account. Or I hope this relationship issue is fixed. Or I hope I get out of this situation. And so you see, all these examples really describe simply a good desire. Why? Because everything in this world is uncertain. And sadly, the, the word hope, which is such a beautiful word, 
for everyone in society, hope has become synonymous with uncertain. Why? Because everything in this world is uncertain, therefore that word hope for people has become synonymous with uncertainty. But when it comes to biblical hope, the hope that only God provides for us, it's quite different, right? In fact, write this down as letter B. Because biblical hope is a confident expectation, a confident expectation of something good in the future. You see, the hope that God provides is as certain as the sun rising in the morning. In fact, if you just go back a few verses in the same chapter in Hebrews chapter 6, listen to what it says because it describes true biblical hope. It says this. It says, and we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness, to have the full assurance. Everyone say full assurance. Yeah. Full assurance of hope until the end so that you, listen carefully, you may not be sluggish but be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God. Amen? You see, true biblical hope is tied with something with full assurance as opposed to the things of this world that can never have full assurance. And church, here's what God is trying to teach us. It's very basic, right? Write this down as point number two. Do not anchor your soul on what is unsure. You know, unfortunately, there's so many people in this world that have unsteady souls. And they are desperately searching where to find, where to place their hope in this life. I mean, just think of practically. Think of that coworker that you work with every day, that you work in the cubicle, that you're out in the field with, that you see them every day, that you know their family, you know what's going on in their life. Listen, their soul is unsteady. Think about that neighbor. You know how it is, that you wave from afar when you see them, that you have a quick 20-second small talk whenever you run into them, walking the dog or whatnot. Listen, that person's soul is unsteady. Think of your family members. You know, we're in the middle of the Christmas season, right? We see families at Thanksgiving. We see family again in Christmas. Let me tell you something. Even though you're your family and you're familiar with them, listen, their soul is unsteady. And the desire of their life is to try to figure out somehow to anchor their hope, to find that stability, to find that strength. In fact, going back to my opening story of my grandfather with the boat, you know, many people in this world, the people in your life that you thought about when I was just going through people, some people may cast the anchor of their soul on finances. So, for example, so many, many people, they think in their mind, well, the moment that I'm able to save this amount of money, then I'll have security, then I'll have stability, then I'll have some joy. Or, or the moment that I'm able to get that job, or my business to have that breakthrough, or perhaps if I'm able to secure that home in this crazy market, then I'm going to have some sort of stability. And so for many people in this world, where they throw the anchor, listen, of their soul, it's a lot of times in finances. 
Something has to deal with money. For others, it may not be money, but where they cast the anchor of their soul could be in a relationship. Maybe in a spouse that you've elevated to an ungodly level in your life. Maybe it's you're not married and the prospective of somehow, some way meeting that new person. Man, I, I, I can't wait to cast my anchor on that, that person. Or maybe it's a family member. Uh, perhaps it's a child. Uh, perhaps it's a business partner. For those of us who have businesses, you know, if something happens to that person, it's going to create a lot of instability. So, so many people, they, they cast their anchor perhaps in a sort of relationship in their life. For others, is maybe they cast the anchor of the soul on self-image, on people's perception of them. And folks, the reason I say that is because sometimes this desire for people to view you a certain way drives you to do some crazy things. That's why people buy a car that they cannot afford. They spend way too much money on clothes, on a purse, on shoes. They, they go on all these binges of getting into severe debt in order to create an illusion of who you are, of the life that you're living. And even social media, let me tell you something. You look at social media, and I would say 95% of the things that people do on social media is simply to create an aura, like everything's all right, because if people see me a certain way, I'm living this life, that somehow, some way, I have stability in life, I'm secure. Why? Because people perceive me a certain way. And you know what? I'm wearing the Christmas season, so you know I thought sometimes people place for short term the anchor of their soul on the Christ on Christmas season. Listen, I don't have to tell you, we've all had a long year, amen? It's been a long year. And sometimes, here's what's going to happen during the Christmas season. We think, man, when Christmas Day comes along, or when Christmas Eve, when Noche Buena, right, when all those good feels comes along, man, things will be good. I just cannot wait to go through this crazy season so I could just oh, rest in that Christmas season. But you know what happens? The day comes. It's all right. You got people with you, and, you know, you got little mini dramas here and there. But you know what? A day goes by like that. And the next day is December 26th. You're back to square one. The year starts. And you know what? All those Christmas good feels, they went away. Right? And so what happens sometimes, you know, we, we, the human soul is desperately trying to search for something to anchor their, their soul to. And, you know, sometimes when we come to church, we, we see all that and listen. We're like, ah, I don't, I don't struggle with that. But sometimes it's healthy for the child of God to self-examine ourselves if, of whether or not we're doing that. So a good way of, of self-examining yourself is was something like, like that in your life, your finances, relationship, when something gets unhinged, when something becomes unsteady that you have your anchor to, let me ask you a question. When something goes wrong financially, when something happens in a relationship, when something someone views a certain way, how does your soul respond? Because if your soul begins to become too unsteady, that's an indication to you that you have set your hope on one of those things. Amen? Amen? And so listen, it's never good when any of those things happen. But it's always good to self-examine how you respond to that. 
Because in those moments, you're going to be able to tell, okay, that I was maybe placing my hope too much in one of those things. And folks, listen, here's what the Lord is showing us, right? Not to anchor our hope on things that are unsure, but rather write this down as big number three. Anchor your soul on what is sure, which is Jesus Christ alone. In fact, let's go back to the passage because listen to what it says. We're going to learn a little more theology here today. Listen to what it says. It says, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of our soul. What is it? A hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where, who's there? Jesus. Where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf. Now, now, pause right there for a moment. Let me just explain here what's going on here. You need to remember that the book of Hebrews was written to people, to Jewish people, who were leaving a life of Judaism to now starting a new walk with Christ, right? That's who the, 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 the book of Hebrews is geared to. And so notice that it says that our hope goes into the inner place behind the curtain. Now, what in the world is that curtain? Well, let me explain. In the Old Testament, in the tabernacle and in the temple, right, they were continuous, right? The temple was a more formal building that was built after the tabernacle. There were different sections in that, in that whole thing. And in the outer sections, in the outer sections, you, you'll see that the, uh, that the common people, the regular people would be there. And what's interesting about that outer section, those outer sections is that it, it meant to represent earth. And so, therefore, all those areas were all decorated around by, with things from earth, like the Garden of Eden and things that you would find here on earth. But in the innermost portion of that temple, it was the Holy of Holies. And several weeks ago, we talked about that in length, so you may recall about this. But the Holy of Holies, right, is the innermost portion of the temple where the presence of God resided and it really, what it did, it was a representation of heaven. In fact, all of the decoration inside of the Holy of Holies all had to do with heavenly things. And so between, you know, the area that represented heaven and the area that represented earth, there was a thick veil that we know that when Christ died, it tore from top to bottom. But for that time, there was a thick veil dividing the Holy of Holies, the area where, where heaven represented, and the area where, where, uh, of earth. So here's what the author of Hebrews is saying. Listen, do not anchor your soul, right, to the outer portions that represent earth, but rather, if we can put the image back if, if possible, but rather, yeah, put that anchor inside of that curtain, inside that place where it represents heaven, where Jesus has gone, as our forerunner. You see, and so what the, what the author of Hebrews is telling them and telling us, he says, don't put your hope on the things of this world. The child of God, they put our hope on the things of heaven so that there will be security. Who is Jesus and Jesus alone? And so during this Advent season, listen, what we are doing is simply preparing ourselves for that moment where we really remember the hope that we have in the Lord. And so, and, and, and here's how we prepare ourselves to remember. Write this down a small letter A. First of all, by remembering and casting our 
our soul, the, the hope of our soul, on what, first of all, on what Jesus did for us. In fact, listen to what it says in Philippians chapter 2 about the Lord. It says this. It says, Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. You see, one of the wonders of the gospel is that the eternal God who created the heavens and the earth, who spoke the world into existence, who holds all things by the word of his power, that God humbled himself and became the form of a servant but being born as a human being, as a child. And so then when we think of Christmas on the birth of Christ, listen, that, is not, that is no small feat. Because in that small child, listen, the hope of the world was revealed. But as we see, he grew up, right? Listen to what, how the verse continues. It says, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And so, for, folks, the first thing that we cast our soul, the, the, our, the, the, the anchor of our soul, our hope, is first of all, is on what Jesus did for us in the past. How he was born for us and he died on the cross to set us free from our sin. Amen? But we don't only cast our hope on what Jesus did at his first advent, right? But we also cast our hope, write this down as letter B, on what Jesus will do for us in the future. In fact, let's go back to God's word in the book of Titus. Listen to what it says. For we, the people of God, listen, we are waiting for our blessed, what? Hope. And here's that hope. The appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Folks, here's why the hope of the believer is on his second coming. Write this down as small number one. Is because when Jesus returns, he will finish the redemption of his creation. Now, let, let's go to, to the book of Romans chapter 8 and listen to what it says. For the creation, for the universe, okay, for the universe was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it. In, what's the next word? In what? In hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. now pause right there. There is a lot of theology packed in there. Because notice creation, according to God's word, the universe is actually corrupted. See, when, when after the moment that sin entered into the world, the moment that Adam and Eve rebelled against God, took that fruit of that tree, and sin entered into the world, one of the effects is that it corrupted creation. And so whenever you watch a, the most beautiful sunset you've ever seen in your life, you know how it is. You go on vacation, you like to take 18 pictures of that beautiful sunset, right? Let me tell you something. That sunset is a corrupted sunset. It's a shadow of what 
God first created it to be. And that verse actually says that all of creation is groaning. It's groaning for Christ to return. Because it knows that the moment Christ returns, it will be a new heaven and a new earth. In fact, that is why the groanings are earthquakes, hurricanes, all these things that we see. Groanings are going to continue to increase until the final moment. But the beauty of it, the hope that we have in Christ is that when he returns, he will make all things new and all those things will go away. Amen. And so when Jesus returns, not only will he, uh, not only is creation eagerly waiting for the return of Christ, but we as well. Amen. And here's why. Write this down at small number two. It's because when Jesus returns, he will finish the redemption of his children. Now, listen to the very next verse in Romans chapter 8. Listen to what it says. It says, and, says, and it says, and not only the creation is groaning, right, but we ourselves who had the first fruits of the Spirit, listen, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoptions as sons, the redemption of our body, and listen carefully to this phrase, for in this, what's the next word? Hope. For in this hope, we were saved. See, here's what's interesting. I've taught you this before many times. But the moment that we put our faith in Christ, right, not only does he forgive us of all of our sins, but Scripture is very clear that he adopts us as his sons and daughters. But here's what's interesting. What many believers don't realize is that your adoption is not yet complete. Because at the moment of salvation, the moment you put your faith in Christ, right, and he adopts you, he adopts you relationally, right? He adopts you with your spirit, with your emotions, and now you start a personal relationship with your heavenly father. We know that everyone in this world is a creation of God, but only those who put their faith in Christ are children of God. But here's what happens. Our adoption is not yet complete. Because we are waiting according to the scripture that when Christ returns, he is going to complete the re our redemption, our adoption. And what's going to take place as his return is that we are going to get brand new bodies, right? Glorified bodies just like his body, we are going to get that body. And folks, Bible is very clear that at that moment, listen, there will be no more pain. There will be no more suffering. You will never shed a tear ever again. Listen, all those things will be gone. Why? Because now we are with Christ and we have a brand new bodies for all of eternity. Amen? And you know what? Maybe you're here today and the moment you heard that, you're like, well, Omar, that's, that's not really my hope. That doesn't really excite me. Well, listen, then you don't have the hope of the gospel. Because the, the hope of the believer, notice what it says, for in this hope we were saved. You see, the hope of the believer is not that we don't hope in that God would give us something financially. The hope of a true believer is not that God will fix something in our lives. 
The hope of a believer is not that you get that breakthrough you're looking for. The hope of the believer is not in this world. It's in the second coming of Christ when he will return to make all things new. Amen? And folks, sometimes I know that when we talk about all these things, listen, we clap, but it's conceptual, right? It's, it's ethereal, things that we just... But listen to what God's Word says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. It says this. But, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no, no ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. Amen to that. What a glorious day it will be. Listen, that when we finally get to experience the hope of our salvation, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what the heart of man cannot even imagine to those who love the Lord. What a beautiful hope we have, amen? And so let me end with this. You know, every person that you meet in this holiday season, as we've learned today, listen, has an unsteady soul. You know, they might try to mask it. They might try to put a facade. But their hearts, their souls are unsteady. And the cry of their heart, the cry of their soul is that they would finally be able to find that place to anchor their soul, anchor their life, to find that stability, that security, that salvation, that joy that their heart desires. And we know, right, as a people of God, that the only place you can find that is where? It's in Jesus Christ alone. So listen, this is a season, listen, folks, where a lot of people are searching, even if they don't verbalize it. And so here's my challenge. Listen, when on your way, and you should have received three of these little invite cards, these Christmas invite cards for our services. Now, if you were not able to receive one, don't worry. On the way out, on, you can pick them up. We have plenty for everyone. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to right now, just take those invite cards. I want you to hold it in your hand. Come on, do me that favor. Take them out right now and just put them in your hand for just a moment. Just take them out just hold them in your hand. Because my challenge for us during this Christmas season is that we would give these invite cards out. God forbid that we would be a church that we gather together and we sing and we clap about the hope of Christ, but when we go out that we don't talk to people about the hope of Christ. God forbid that we would be a church that we talk the talk, but we don't walk the walk. And then listen, these little invite cards, they might look so simple, but these are just a great little conversation starter that you can give someone, person at the pharmacy, person at the store, wherever you go, your coworker, your neighbor. Listen, these are just, it's so easy. It's just saying, hey, listen, I don't know if you're doing anything for Christmas weekend, but we would love to have you at our church. It's a church nearby. Many churches here at Miami, great churches. But I'm part of this church. Man, come check us out. I think you'll like it. God loves you. has a plan for your life. And you know what? Who knows, maybe a gospel conversation starts off from there. But let's be not just hearers of the word, let's be doers of the word. Because what are we doing here, honestly? What are we doing here? We just come here, we worship God, but we don't have a single conversation with someone who needs Christ outside of these walls. What, what, are, we do, what are we doing here? 
And so I want to challenge you, listen, if you feel your spiritual life is a little stagnant, right, start, start giving these invite cards out to people. And here's why. Because not only do they desperately need to figure out where to find to anchor their soul, but let me tell you, the moment you have a quick little conversation, I'm telling you, you will walk away from that conversation feeling like, man, I, I did what I was supposed to. I don't know what God's going to do in that situation, but I did what God has called me to. And you know what? You know, as I was preparing this, this teaching, you know, I've gone out on boats before, and they usually have a GPS to know where to go especially, and then they, they cast the anchor, right, and they enjoy the sea. I thought these were almost like GPSs for lost, unsteady souls of where they can go to cast their anchor. Amen? Amen. And so I want to challenge you. Listen, on your way out, grab as many as you can. Just give them out. I'm telling you, you'll be surprised how easy it is. Whether you're an extrovert or an introvert. Listen, God has called you to do the same thing. Amen? Just have that conversation. I'm telling you, you don't know what the Lord is going to do as you invite them to go to church. But let me end with this. You know, maybe you're here today and we're talking about these different unsteady souls that need security. And you know, you're thinking, Pastor, that's me. Because throughout my life, I've realized I've cast my anchor in so many different things in this world. On that person, on that job, on that money, on all these different things. And I realized they all have let me down. I don't have stability in my life. I don't have security in my life. I don't have joy in my life. And I know that I need to get right with God. I need to start a personal relationship with God. So how do you do that, Omar? Well, it's very simple. Listen, the Bible says that those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How do you call on the Lord? It's very simple. It's not coming to church. It's not giving to the church, it's not watching online, it's not doing good works, it's not a little tradition, it's not a ritual you did when you were a little baby, nothing like that. The Bible says that the way that you anchor your soul to Christ is by putting your faith and trust in Him. And the moment you put your trust and your faith in Christ, the Bible says that He forgives you of all of your sins. Like I said earlier, he adopts you as a son and daughter. And from that moment on, listen, you go on to experience everlasting, fulfilling life. And you experience stability, security, joy that you will never experience before. Why? Because now your soul is anchored to the only sure thing in life, which is Jesus Christ alone. The question is, will you cast the anchor of your soul on the Lord? Let's borrow has for prayer. Father, today we are just so grateful, my Lord, that you saw our souls drifting aimlessly through this world, but you gave us an anchor, our hope. You not only gave us an anchor, Lord, you told us where to anchor it on your Son, Jesus Christ. And so, Father, today I just want to thank you, Lord, as a church family, Lord, for the blessing it is to have you as our Lord the stability that we have in you, O oh Lord. For those of us here today who are that, as that person says, man, I'm ready to take that next step. I'm ready to put my faith in Christ. Listen, I want to lead you through a prayer. And like I always say, I've said in a few sermons behind, before this. Listen, when you pray this prayer, you don't pray this to me. I'm simply a man. You pray this to the God who loves you, who died for you, has a plan for your life. And so in a few moments, pray this with me quietly to yourself, but listen, you pray this to the God who loves you. He's waiting for you. And if you are already a believer in Christ, listen, this is your moment to pray 
for those around you. Right now, there's people around you that are coming to know Christ. You pray for them right now, that they would anchor their soul on the Lord. So pray this with me. Father, Lord, I've been carried to and fro in my life by the uncertainty of this world. But today, oh Lord, as I, on this Advent season, I cast my hope on you. And so I, com I confess all of my sins before you. I ask forgiveness of my sins. And I put my trust, my reliance on you, oh Lord. No longer myself, but on you. And Father, give me everlasting life. Save me from my sins. And help me to live a life now that honors you glorifies you. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to cast my anchor on you. I love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And all of God's people say, amen, amen, amen. amen. Hey, can we just give an encouragement right now to all of us who came to know Christ today? Man, what a blessing. If that was you, whether you're here or at one of our campuses, I want to challenge you on your way out. I know it's easy just to walk to the car. Don't do it. Stop by the next set booth. There's going to be a group of people there who would love to connect with you for just a few moments. We'll put a Bible in your hand, and then we can connect you with one of our pastors during the week so that they can help you take steps in your new walk with Christ. All right? So don't go uh, to the car. Just stop by there for a moment. Or if you're watching online, go to cfbimeorg slash connect. Fill out that form, and listen, we will follow up with you. All right? Well, I'm going to call all the campus pastors to the front. Uh, CF family, be back next week because we're going to be looking at the love of Christ. Amen. Have a great week. God bless you all.